Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the show, Billy Brown. Victor, once again, great to see you and great to talk to you. Great to have you here. Billy, you're a past guest on the show, and we're going to talk about something that's a little bit off the beaten track today. We're all entrepreneurs, we're all business owners, and this is a little bit of a different tack. But before we dive into the details, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, I mean, for those that uh, that haven't, go back and listen to the other one, two, maybe three times I've been on the show to talk about, uh, hear, hear the full version of, of all this. But, you know, my background is a real estate investor that led to, uh, you know, starting small like everyone else. And, and I wanted to know how people got bigger. And I found commercial lending, and therefore I became a commercial lender. And uh, then after I learned that, uh, I learned how to invest and syndicate through the eyes of, of lenders, but also kept the uh, kept the loan brokerage. So uh, I wore kind of two hats, uh, and have worn two hats for quite a while, both as a commercial lender and as well as an investor. And uh, we're uh, uh, syndicated in an office or a. a um, apartment complex uh, back in 2019. We uh, syndicated an office complex later in the fall. And then what we're about to talk about right now, which is uh, a business syndication that uh, involves a little bit of real estate too. Fabulous. Now you have a background in the world of golf. That's not only a passion, something that I think you did at least semi-professionally. That is correct. Yes. I played played in college, played competitively, played a little bit of what they call the mini tours, lost a lot of money, hence the you know, hence now I have the businesses. My, my going joke is there, there's a reason why I have my name on two businesses and not my golf bag. So <laughs> it's a fine line between making a, a profession versus actually uh, just doing it for fun. Absolutely. So you're now, I mean, Nashville is a big golf city and you have created a new business called the Golf Sanctuary. Tell us about that. Yeah. So what it is, is a thanks to you, thanks to Dave Zook and others uh, giving me permission, which I needed to go create investments in, in, um, in syndications around the things I really wanted to go do. What it is on a business standpoint is a combination of all the things that I wanted to go do, which was, you know, have the access to the capital that I needed, uh, be able to have access to incredible food, which I'm a little bit of foodie, and then also golf. I want to play more golf and uh, intertwine those two in an environment that's safe for everyone. From the practical standpoint, as far as what we're who we're serving, we're serving affluent business leaders and their families. And we created a community for them around a game we mostly love called golf. Uh, it just happens to be instead of an outdoor facility, it's indoors uh, with the, with all the amenities you could think of for a private club, obviously minus the pool and tennis courts. Um, but you're accessing it uh, 24-7 and uh, regardless of weather, time, or anything else. Now, this is more than just a batting cage. This is a pretty sophisticated piece of technology. These, uh, we're using uh, TrackMan technology, which is, they've been around 16, 17 years. They're definitely the leaders in this uh, technology. I think there's anything more sophisticated. As an engineer, you will very much appreciate their their engineering and their their precision in their radars is actually two radars in these uh, in these boxes that you got to see in in Belize last year. Uh, they run about 20k piece just for the radar, and then you get into the precision netting, the pr- projectors, the sp- uh, specific computers you got to run these things. If you want to put one in your house, you're in it for 50k uh, before you do all your finishings and all that. But uh, yeah, they're they're Ferraris, little orange Ferraris is what they call them. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Now, you're at the epicenter of a whole bunch of very high-end, membership-based golf courses mm-hmm. that are national in, in stature. So you kind of located in at the, almost at the hub of all of these golf courses. Is that why you chose this location? Well, the location came to us quite quite honestly. It was uh, we were looking for this. I mean, Williamson County is the fifteenth wealthiest county in America. So, as a real estate investor, obviously you're looking for where are what are the demographics. We just ha- we just kind of knew it was here because it's very a lot of wealth. There's a lot a lot of disposable income. Uh, the average disposable income is around seventy five thousand dollars a year uh, in, in that, and that's probably low right now. <laughs> a lot of rich people. Uh, we have a lot of migration coming in the Nashville area. Yes. Uh, from all over the world, and they love to play golf. We have a real estate issue. So this goes into market dynamics here. We have a real estate issue because we have, we're roughly 5,000 homes short needed to su- be able to supply uh, the people moving here. Like we're never going to catch up in the next probably 10 years as far as the, the demand. So the land that is out there that could be used for golf courses are being used for homes. Mm. So there's no more golf courses being built. And with all these people moving in here, you have a pattern where you have all the private clubs are full. All of them have at least 50 to 75 person wait lists. So two, three years maybe. And you add to that, there's no public golf courses down here. There's two and they're full as well. They're not very good. So, you know, when you're a golf addict, what are you going to go do? You know, beg your buddies to go take you out there or travel three hours to go play, or we just happen to have a pretty cool little club. So that's interesting. So you're obeying one of the rules of economics that I beat the drum on regularly, which is obeying the laws of supply and demand. And if you violate those laws, you do that at your peril. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a law of physics almost. So you've got an excess of demand, you've got a shortage of supply, and and it looks like those conditions are going to persist and sustain for quite a period of time. Quite a period of time. Again, I'm I'm a C student, but I, I learned from some of the best. So uh, that one you drilled in me pretty pretty heavily. Uh, <laughs> so at least at least one person's listening, Victor. So uh, take and take an action. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, of course, as a real estate investor, this is not a real estate business per se. This is a service business, and you're relying on gaining memberships organically, the old-fashioned way, one at a time, one check at a time, to get to the point where you are at least cash flow neutral and then cash flow positive and so on. What's that experience been like? Better than I expected. It was uh, slow at first, slow adoptions. Like, what is this thing? It's never been done uh, in, in the history of indoor clubs. Uh, well, there's no indoor clubs at all. They, they've tried and failed. We're the only one that we know of that has been successful in, in this model. All the others turn into a bar. And there's a reason here, and this is what I want people to key in on as far as why I did it this way in catering to the sophisticated people. Those that are listening are, are probably either want to raise money or have raised money. I was kind of tired of doing, going out and chasing the money. What I wanted was to go create a sandbox for the wealthiest of the wealthiest to be able to have community with to make it easier on me to go raise money when I had projects, specifically golf sanctuary, other other investments that we're doing. So in essence, it's kind of the, you know, learning from uh, real estate guys and from Russ, like position yourself in a different way and attracting what I wanted. So that was the main reason for the club model. Uh, but r- right now we're recording this in September. We've literally been open less than a year. Like a year ago, we weren't even open. Uh, we are two thirds full on our membership and expect to be full by the end of the year. 
That's phenomenal. And and you're talking about six emulators. Yeah. And now how do you determine that you're full? Is it just based on a fixed number of memberships and you've got some kind of utilization model to determine what mm-hmm. what full means or is that based on actual utilization? Uh, we just we've done some calculations on what we think prime time is based on the utilization of the existing members, how often they're using it. And we also don't get too full. So we capped it at 300. Uh, we'll probably create a, create a wait list or a different, like a social membership and, and plug those people in where, you know, the, the, the key members aren't. We also, I started out with a model where your hours were limited. And I found that people were a little more skeptical of joining because that, that limitation. So we took that away. And now it's unlimited hours. You can use it for three hours at a time per day. And uh, so far, that's, that's working pretty good. Uh, what we've found is is in a in a time where people are working a lot more from home, they don't necessarily want to work from home. And we've set it up where they can actually kind of work and play golf at the same time and do their meetings and have some incredible food. That's very interesting. And of course, at some point, once you are full, you've sold out of memberships, you always have the option of selling perhaps a discounted membership that's limited in hours to fill in the gaps, just like the movie theaters give you a discount on Tuesday evenings and things like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, the social memberships, we have probably six or seven different ideas on, on what can go, what we can go do. We make it to the point going, Hey, we don't need it. You know, we, we don't want to, we want to go do it. We're good. We like having that downtime just for us. Cause you know, we play golf too, when we don't want to be too full, <laughs> otherwise we don't get to use it. So, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, right now there's plenty, plenty of opportunity to, to learn from this and, and see, uh, how people are utilizing it. So within your business plan, what's the makeup of the revenue stream from food and beverage as opposed to memberships? How does that break down? And has it turned out to be anywhere near what you projected? Nothing ever turns out the way you think of. Um, I, I always was was coached and told that food and bed was a loss leader. And and, and I had to relearn that it's actually a profit maker. Uh, my COO, which has been phenomenal, and this is our key point for the, the entrepreneurs here. And I, and I said this on a podcast yesterday. When you hire people, hire people that stretch you and make you think differently. And my COO forced me to level up my thinking and what we provided at least tenfold. And because of that, that's who we hired. And because of that, that's who we attracted. Now, so much so, as you'll love this, our, our, we aren't necessarily a, a golf club. People come in just because of our staff and our team. It really is. So as far as the income breakdown, upon stabilization, uh, much like a, an apartment, you'll have the monthly rent. Our monthly membership dues will cover all our overhead. The food and bev profit, uh, the profit from that will be the, the the profitability. And then our events will be the super profit called, so to speak. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. We, we, we're, we'll come pretty close to that. We're um, probably 50% of our income will come from the re- recurring revenue, 25% from food and bev and you know 25% from from events special events. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well Billy, if folks want to connect if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, well it's about uh, real estate investing, real estate lending, uh golf sanctuary, uh just go to billybrown.me that'll kind of redirect you and be able to to, to contact uh, me how you want to contact sometimes it's multiple or golfers and real estate investors so I'd love to connect with you there and there's a, there's a contact form and get on the calendar and go. Fabulous. Well, Billy, I love what you're doing. I've been watching this with fascination over the past couple of years since this concept was just an idea in your mind. And now to see it come to realization and see it successful is breathtaking to watch. 
So for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Billy at billybrown.me. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.